This is Brandon M. Crooker, and you're listening to the Apostolic Theory Podcast. Hey guys, very excited about today's episode. Today we're going to be continuing on what I talked about last week. We're going to be talking about the will of God for your relationships. Now, obviously, we realize that there's got to be some type of spiritual sensitivity on this subject because if there isn't, it becomes difficult for us to allow God to intervene in each of our relationship situations. So this has got to be a lot more than just what I want from my relationships. We've got to be willing to look at our relationships from the perspective of what does God want me to receive or to give in my relationships. And so when we're looking at relationship, we have got to be able to say, it's not about me. Now, obviously there are people in our lives that we just, we just click with, people that we just connect with. So we live in a day and an age where maybe how you treat other people is not talked about. Yeah, you've heard the sayings and the verses, treat your neighbor as yourself and treat others how you want to be treated yourself. But how well are we really applying this thinking pattern to our life? So today, this, this is literally what this midweek episode is. This is the second part of a four-part series on the will of God. So we're going to be talking about what is the will of God for my relationship. Now this is a large subject matter uh, and there's a lot that could be said about it. There's a lot that we could talk about, but I'm going to try my very best to give you the information I feel like God has laid on my heart, um, things that he's revealed to me over the years. I want to help you grow spiritually and that's what this podcast is all about it's about spiritual growth it's about spiritual empowerment it's about spiritual equipping it's about giving you the tools necessary to fulfill the will of god in your life and that's really in every aspect and in every avenue so we've got to be intentional about how we treat others because those that are closest to us are the ones that we feel the most comfortable around and because we get comfortable we allow certain things to lax we 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 lay down on certain things and we may not treat them how we would treat a stranger Mm. think about that We get so comfortable with the people closest to us that we treat them in a way that really we maybe shouldn't be treating them. So we've got to be intentional about these things. We have to be intentional. 
We have got to treat other people right. Uh, Colossians chapter 3 and verse 23 says, And whatsoever you do, do it heartily, as unto the Lord and not unto men. This is a, 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 a tremendous um, gem, something that we can not just apply to how we treat people, but how we live our life. Okay, Because we're not living our life for men or for men to see what we do. We do it unto the Lord. So it says, knowing that the Lord, knowing that of the Lord, you shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for he shall serve the Lord Christ. So don't treat others right so you can be seen doing it. See, the key is that motive is everything. So you've got to do the right thing because your Heavenly Father is watching. There are a lot of scriptures that I could talk about. And when it comes to our relationships with friends and with family and our relationships in our marriages and in the church. But for the sake of time, I, I'm going to just address a few. Matthew 5 and 44, but I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Okay? So, I mean, this, this, love your enemies. So who's my enemy? Uh, an enemy could be someone that talks bad about you. Uh, could be someone who doesn't believe like you believe. I mean... And and we've got to, it says love them, okay? So really, I find a hard time with this because if you love them, I don't believe that they could really be your enemy. So maybe there's sort of a transformation that takes place when you step outside of your flesh and say, I love them and I'm praying for them. And I'm going to bless them. And so you love them and you pray for them and you bless them. Because that's the right thing to do. Because God wants each and every one of us to grow. To mature in Christ. And as we're maturing, we look at these relationships with people differently. Because it's no longer about what I get from it, but what I can give into it. And this can apply to any type of relationship you have in your life. Your marriage is not what I can get from my marriage, but it's what can I give and invest into my marriage. And it's not about what I can get from my friendships. And ideally, you have friendships where people can speak into your life and they can help you grow and they can help you mature and they can you can pray with them and you can be honest and transparent with them and those are good relationships to have but it's necessary that you're not looking for what you can get out of a relationship but what can I give what can I invest in this relationship because as you're investing yourself in these relationships and as you're praying for these people and as you're loving people and as you're uh, uh, doing good to people and, and you're investing, and that's the thing, uh, you're not just 
you know, giving of time and giving of energy. You're literally investing a part of yourself in them. So when you become invested in someone, you want to see them make it to the other side. You want to see them grow. And it is imperative that we as Christians look at it from that way. So, what's the will of God for my relationships? Pray for people. Invest in them. Do good to them. And it, it quite frankly, uh, well, let's just read Matthew chapter 5. Uh, chapter 7, Matthew 7 and verse 12. Therefore, all things whatsoever you do, would that men should do to you, do even so to them. Okay? So, as you want others, how you want to be treated, treat others. To just put that in, in easy terms to understand. Treat others how you want to be treated. It's simple. It's biblical. Matthew chapter 22, verse 36 through 40. Matthew, or Master, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said, Thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And this is the first and greatest commandment. The second is like unto it. Thou shalt love the neighbor as thyself. These two commandments hang all of the law and the prophets. So everything is contingent upon loving people and loving God. It's that simple. So Jesus is clearly telling us that no matter how we feel, we are to treat everybody with the utmost love and respect. And we ought to treat people how we want to be treated. So even if somebody is treating us wrong, we have to say I don't know your situation, but I'm going to prophesy blessings into your life. I'm going to pray for blessings in your life. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray that God will bless you, that God will multiply in your life, that God will lead you into the light completely, that God will help you grow spiritually. And we're not praying, oh God, oh, oh, uh, uh, curse them. We're not, we're not cursing people. We are blessing them. And so when we're blessing them, that is specifically God's will for your life. And so when people hurt you, instead of having the, by God, I'm going to give you, give so-and-so a piece of my mind, and I'm going to tell them what's up, and I'm going to tell them the right side up from down. And no, friend, we cannot be malicious, and we cannot hold on to pains and hurts, because when you do things like that... You, you're not really harming them, the people that did you wrong. You're not harming the people that hurt you. You're, you're hurting yourself, okay? You're hurting your own salvation. Now, biblically, we don't read anywhere where it says you can lose your salvation. But I do read that you can walk away from your salvation in the way that you live your life. So, when we're looking at how we're treating people or people have hurt us and we're looking at how they've treated us and, and, and if you want to know God's will for your friendships and your relationships it's easy be forgiving and show mercy as God has forgiven you and shown you mercy so Matthew 18 and 21 Peter's asking Jesus he says how often should I forgive my brother and so Jesus says seven times 70 times so oh so I only have to Forgive my brother or someone who has sinned against me 490 times? No. Until that forgiveness is complete. So until you have forgiven, until it no longer hurts to think about. Until you have forgiven, until 
you don't have those bad feelings towards that person. And to be honest, sometimes that takes time. But you have to keep asking God to help you with it because he will. He'll help you forgive them and have that forgiveness be complete. So when we place things in God's hands, our hurts and our pains, God transforms that and uses it for the kingdom of God. So how they hurt you and what they did you, it doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. What matters is that you forgive them. And you've got to know that it's not just when they ask for forgiveness that you're to forgive them either. So keep that in mind. So God's will for your friendships is to forgive and remember where God brought you from and how much mercy and grace he has shown you. That same mercy and that same grace, we as the people of God need to extend to our brethren, extend to the sinner, extend it to our enemies, extend to our friends, extend in our marriages, extend in our friendships, extend that same mercy and grace that God gave to us. So, don't just be friends with people just because you click with them. So, because you get along with somebody should not be the precedent for that friendship. Now, I understand there are people who, you know, light up the room when they walk out of the room. But, You've got to be the Christian. You've got to be, and I don't want to say bigger person because that would uh, imply that they're a lesser individual, and they're not. In the kingdom of heaven, we are all as one. We are all treated equal to God. So, Be friends with your next-door neighbor, that cashier at the grocery store that you see every time that you are getting your groceries. Everywhere, just be friendly, be kind, and be compassionate. Now, I don't have notes for this, but I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go on it. Now, when you're looking for the one that you're supposed to spend the rest of your life on this earth with, There are a few things you need to look at. First, you need to look at how are they responding to the move of God in a church service. If it's somebody who sits there like a bump on a log, I'm going to tell you it's not going to work out. They have got to be on fire for God, and they've got to love God more than they love you. If you're looking for someone that loves you more than they love God, you're in for a world of trouble. Next, you are got to look for somebody who is at that altar praying. Praying for themselves and praying for others. That's how you're going to know if that's somebody that's right for you or not. If they're not interested in the things of God and not interested in allowing God to transform them on a day-to-day basis because we're all spiritually maturing none of us is spiritually mature okay 
until, uh, fully until Jesus calls the church away. And that is when we'll be made perfect. Now we've got to try to walk perfect and walk blameless. But until we reach the end, it's impossible. And I'm being honest. I'm being transparent. You're a human. And you live in a world of sin. You're made a new creature. But you've got to allow God daily. See, the Apostle Paul said, I die daily. So, every single day. You've got to allow God to work in your heart and in your life. And when you're looking for the one that you're supposed to spend the rest of your life with, you're going to want to find a way to do it right. And I'm going to be transparent. I knew that my wife was the one. Her father did not agree. I wanted to do it the right way. The desire to do things the right way was there. But you've got to remember that it is God will work everything out. If he tells you that that's who you're supposed to be with, he will work it out. Do I believe there are times when God might tell you to be with an unbeliever? I believe that it's possible. And I don't want to negate God. Because God is greater than anything I can imagine, anything that I can think of. His ways are higher than my ways. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. He could link you up with an unbeliever, but the chances are very slim because the Bible says, be not unequally yoked with an unbeliever. Well, a yoke is two oxen that travel together, that are bound together, and so it was called a yoke, and they would work as they would uh, either plow a field or they would carry goods, whatever it was. They worked together. So it says, be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. If we're not being equally yoked, it means somebody is carrying more of the burden than the other. You, your faith can save your unbelieving husband. Your faith can save your unbelieving wife. Your lifestyle can save your unbelieving husband. Your lifestyle can save your unbelieving wife. But it's not through the works itself, but it's through the work that God does inside them through your convictions and your standards. So it's very difficult to be married to someone that does not believe like you believe. And they will tend to pull you out of the house of God instead of draw you into the house of God. You've got to know the difference. A good relationship in the body of Christ will lead you to God, not away from God. It will lead you to standards to raise your standard and not lower your standard. And it's the same with your friendships and in your family. You, well, I'm going to speak to the men for a minute. You are the man of your house. You are the one that is responsible for the souls in your household. 
You should be the one that stands firm on the word of God and stands firm in holiness, not only in lifestyle and dress, but in attitude. The way that you live your life should reflect the love, the mercy, and the grace of Jesus Christ. We do not have the liberty to judge the world that we came out of in ways that, because such were some of you, we came out of the world, God brought us out of the world. Now we, in our new lifestyle, our new conversation, God wants to use that to be the light to the world that we came out of. Because they're, they're going through the same things we went through when we came to Christ. They're going through the same things that we went through. And that's why God gave us that testimony. So if you're looking for the will of God in your relationships... It's going to be seek first the kingdom of God and all righteousness. It's going to be allowing God to direct your steps. It's going to be saying not what can I get out of this friendship? What can I get out of this relationship? It's what does God want from this? There are a lot of people that I click with and they're not saved. That does not mean that because I click with them or connect with them that my light cannot lead them to Christ. But when they're doing things that are not holy, I'm not going to partake of that. I'm not going to I'm not going to go to their their events where they're drinking. I'm not going to go to um, their parties because of the lifestyle that they live. And I don't want to partake of that lifestyle because I came out of the world. So love not the world, neither anything that is in the world. Because if you love the world, the love of the Father is not in you. Wow. So you've got to love God above everything. And if the love of the Father is in you, then you do not love the things of the world. I hope somebody is, is hearing me and paying attention today. God wants to transform your thinking patterns. There is more for you in this life, in your relationships, than you ever realized. I'm not, I don't believe in getting divorced. And biblically, I can back that up. God hates divorce. If you have been divorced... I am so sorry. I feel bad. I do not understand why that happens. Well, I know why it happens. People are making commitments to other people without seeking first the will of God. Without making sure beyond a shadow of a doubt that it is God's will for my life. God, let me hear your voice speak to me and tell me, this is who I'm supposed to be with. And to be honest, just because 
that's who you're supposed to be with doesn't mean that you're not going to go through some troubles, some trials, and some, some fire. There's going to be things that you go through that you wish you never would have had to go through. Sometimes that's sickness. Sometimes that's sin. Sometimes that's failure. Sometimes that's heartache. Sometimes that's death. But we go through all of these things. But when we stand firm on the word of God, that is where it really matters. God's never going to leave you or forsake you. He's never going to put you through more than you can handle. He loves you. And if you're going through a lot of pain, or you're going through a trial, or your spouse has sinned and you don't know how to make it through, I assure you divorce should not be your answer. Prayer should be your answer. Pray for your spouse. Pray for your friends that hurt you and pray for those that despitefully use you. Prayer can change your circumstance. Prayer can change your situation. Prayer literally moves mountains. And it does not matter what mountain you're facing. It could be sickness. It could be sin. It could be troubles. It could be trials. It does not matter what it is. The mountain can be moved through your prayer. Too many people are resorting to the culture, the culture's way of handling uh, miscommunication or of handling uh, the hurts. And, and, and Because culture says, go ahead. It doesn't matter. You don't need a reason to get divorced. Get divorced. And so people get divorced. And now you've got kids. You've got broken homes. You've got kids where one mom serves God and their dad doesn't or vice versa. And then so now you've got kids that are going to struggle. They're going to go through this hard time. I've been there. I was that kid. My mother served God. My father didn't. My mother lived for the Lord faithfully. She still does. And my father is an alcoholic and he's he he, he he it's hard for him to find peace why because there is no peace in sin you want to know peace you've got to find jesus jesus is your peace you should not find your peace and your joy from anything outside of the word of god or anything outside or apart from god himself he is our joy. He is our peace. He is our power. And He is love. God is love. He's everything to us. And when you start seeking for the things that you can only get from God in relationships, you're bound to fall and bound to fail and bound to come upon troubles and turmoils. Because instead of relying on God, we, were, we had expectations for people in our lives to give us what only God can give us. So, I'm just going to close out with this. God does not want to see you fail. 
God does not want to see any of us go to hell. The Bible says that it is his will that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So God wants all of us to do the right thing. He wants all of us to make it to heaven. He wants to have that relationship, that friendship for us. Your wife cannot give you what only God can give you. Your husband cannot give you what only God can give you. We've, we, we've really missed the mark on this. And the devil has used that to destroy homes and destroy families and destroy churches. And we have got, as the church, we have got to rise up and say no more. We will stand firm on the word of God. And we will allow God to be the one that determines the relationships in my life. God will be the one that determines who I should pray for, who I should be friends with, who I should connect with, who I should lead, and it should be everybody. We should attempt to lead everybody that we meet and connect with to the kingdom of God. And we, should, and we do that by showing them Jesus and treating them in a holy way. I really appreciate everybody that's taken the time over the last several weeks to listen to my podcast. It humbles me. But I appreciate it because as as a man, I'm a nobody. I'm just some guy from the north that my pastor mentioned I should do a podcast. And here I am doing a podcast and God is blessing it. And it's tremendous to see what God is doing through it. So if you have ideas, if you have thoughts, um, if you have any comments, anything that this, not just this episode, but really any of the episodes that uh, we have released so far, if any of those have had an impact in your life, we want to hear about it. I want to hear what God is doing in your life through this podcast, because that's what it's all about. It's not about Brother Brandon getting up here and, and jumping on his soapbox and talking just to hear himself talk this is about something incredible that God is doing in his people and it's going to change the way we look at things it's going to change the way that we look at our walk with God and our connection with other people and that's what this podcast is all about. So I appreciate you all taking the time to tune in, to listen. It means a lot to me. Um, there, Obviously, there's several ways that if you feel uh, compelled by God to make a donation, all of the donations that get given, they're either going to go towards better recording equipment. Um, they're going to go towards... Um, well, that's really it. If, if if once the better recording equipment is here, all the extra money uh, that I receive through donations for this podcast will be 
given to uh, missions, home missions churches and missions all over the world. Because um, that truly is where my heart is. My heart is on the missions field and I feel compelled to give as God has given me. Um, so definitely feel, we're, I'm telling you, reach out to us. Let us know about your experience with this podcast. Uh, my email is bm underscore c-r-o-o-k-e-r at outlook.com. That's bm underscore crooker at outlook.com. We want to hear from you um, on Apple Podcasts. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, uh, give us a, uh, a rating. Give us a review that helps with algorithms and helps get this podcast in more people's hands if you enjoy the content share it with your friends share it with your church share it with your pastor share it with share it with your friends that's what this is about it's about the kingdom of god it's about kingdom growth that's really what it is it's about getting us all to a place where and some of the content some of some of the topics they're hard they're difficult to hear but i believe that they're necessary and so let's just allow God to to continue to move, to continue to work, not only in, in my life as I'm preparing the studies, as I'm hosting the guests and, and hearing this content that's coming from God and changing and transforming our lives. Let's allow it to change us. Let's allow it to transform us. And let's, let's continue. Let's get this movement going forward. The movement of seeking the face of God and the desire and the will of God above everything else. This podcast is made possible because of listeners like you who are willing to bridge the gap. We now have a sponsorship program on our Anchor website in which you can become a monthly sponsor of $1, $5, or $10 a month. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook.